0: I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a milli every week. I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a billy every week. I want to be a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire. I want to be a billionaire, billionaire, billionaire. 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 I want to be a... Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a very special guest on my show. This man is a street ball legend. I've definitely idolized this man coming up, trying to do his moves myself, but never really perfected it. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the main man, Bone Collector. Thank you for having me, sir. Oh, man, thank you for doing this, brother. I truly appreciate you, man. Definitely,
1: man. So how you doing, man? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Loving LA, but except for the weather's a little weird right now, cold, like we in New York almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. used to it, man. I'm yeah. originally
0: from New York, from the okay. Bronx, you know, but then I, I came to Tampa, Florida. I was there for 12 years, so oh. you could tell I got immune to, to the sun. Yeah, we
1: got to that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what now I'm
0: here, and it's like, well, hold on. I left all my my sweaters and, and <laughs> jackets in Florida, so yeah. now I'm like, mom, mail that back. Girl, yeah, that back. Need to those me. right now. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So, yeah, man, so I'm glad you're doing this today. Day, man, I just wanted to get some information from you. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that look up to you, that want to know your moves, and I know you're progressing behind the scenes. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. So, but first of all, where are you originally from? Um,
1: I'm originally from, born in Texas, raised in Pasadena, California. Um, my dad brought us out here when I was about first grade. Mm. So, from that moment on, I just embraced that Cali experience and mentality, and then. I had the privilege of living in New York for about seven years after spending my high school years here. So I lived in Harlem, Polo Grounds, for about seven years. Mm, where
0: exactly in Harlem? Polar Grounds. Oh, okay. I don't really, I didn't oh, spend one, too much time oh, in 155th and 8th Avenue. See, right? that, that's New York talk right there. That's yeah. when you could tell somebody yeah. from New York. Yeah, I'm from 125th and St. Nick. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. say Polo Grounds, I'm like, okay, that one, sounds like the Poconos. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: yeah, 155th and 8th Avenue, what makes that significant to my actual, you know, legacy. Because the Rucker Park is right across the street from where I stayed. Mm. You know, put two things together. I'm always practicing. It made me an animal in the court. That's a... So you so you played Rucker? You played yeah. Rucker. So, I, yeah, I played Rucker five years. I got MVP every year. Mm. And, um, Congrats. grads. I man. averaged 30-something points a game. It was it was a, one of those life-changing experiences. Because at the time, street ball was on a high scale. So an animal was being watched more than the NBA at the time. Mm-hmm. So... Even though I never played in one, when you say the name Bone Collector, people always associate that with this, with M One. Yeah. And because of that, I think it it brought a lot of eye, it opened a lot of eyes to new ways to handle that ball. So, right. You know, that whole experience, my childhood, being you know West West Coast, East Coast, I, I kind of combined it all into in what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because you know now that you mentioned it, you know, Rucker and M One. I thought it was one and the same because I saw players yeah. from M One. My original song.
1: players from Rucker are the one players. Mm, exactly. Pathman, Future. Yeah, Rafer. Rafer. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You learn something new every day. Yeah. That's what's up. So, how was it growing up in Cali, man? Because, you know, back in the day, you know, when you hear <coughs> yeah. crack era, games yeah. and all that. How, I mean, how was that coming up? Like, trying uh, to avoid distraction to get where you at today? Um, it was tough. I, I, I'm just being transparent. You
1: find yourself in situations that you don't want to be in, and you have to get your way out of them. And I believe mental health is a big, you know, issue nowadays that mm-hmm. that is not being, you know, spoken on. But growing up in Cali, you learn to strengthen your mind. Mental health was practiced when I was, you know, that's eighties, nineties, because we weren't in an era of, um, I would guess, believe social influence. Right. We were in an era of. If you if you even knew a celebrity back when I was young, you wouldn't probably even go up to him. Because mm-hmm. we really believed in the, my mom instilled in us, stay away from strangers, that mentality. So it was a life-changing for me because obviously Pasadena's in between L.A. and all these surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. There's gang influence all through it. In order to maneuver out of it, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where you got to kind of look at the glass half empty. You have to say, well, this is what I'm dealing with. I have to get that out of there. And put new things there. So that's how I chose to get through mine. It wasn't easy. I mean, I, I was got incarcerated, you know, I've been head. shot and, and all kinds of stuff. But it's just uh, those are the things that I think that are important for kids to know. Now, I chose to be a bad person at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, those are choices. You, you're not you, being good is, an, is a natural feeling. You know, helping mm-hmm. someone is natural. Right. You know, hurting someone is, well, it takes effort. Right. So I chose to use that effort so in you know, in hindsight, mm-hmm. God has allowed me to reverse that process where the kids I can explain to them, hey, you shouldn't say certain gang terminology because these people are really gang members and they'll take it a certain way, or you shouldn't promote certain things because these people will see it a certain way and they'll react to you a certain way, mm-hmm. cause and effect. Right. So this in podcasts like this, this mm-hmm. is where I have the opportunity to explain those things. And California is you know, you see it on T V as <clears throat> the wild wild
0: west and it literally is like that. Mm. Wow, man. Um, I'm glad. You, it sounds like all your trials and tribulations made you a stronger man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And you're mm-hmm. definitely fulfilling your purpose. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's good. So, um, you know, during those times, was basketball your first dream? Like, did you always want to be a baller? Or did you want to be something else before you? Started? Um, I never... I never wanted to go to the
1: NBA or any of that. I was more of an artist. I drew all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Me so, too, man. I used yeah. to look at stuff and draw. And draw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm actually going back to school for art after mm-hmm. I'm done playing, which will be never because I'm yeah. never going to stop. That's what oh, I'm saying, going. like, when you're done playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, art, music, you know, I rap. I'm, I'm nice, super nice at rapping. Oh, yeah? Super nice. Oh,
0: yeah. We're going to see. Well, then.
1: Cool. <laughs> um. So, you know, those particular hobbies in general. But the music side of it, just, you know, later on hobby as you get involved in music and you start to like get freestyle a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the art was really something that I was, like, passionate about because I was always one of those kids who wanted to unlock the mind. So right. I'd take a stick and a leaf and a string and I'd make that a person somehow. Mm. You know, I'd make that a character that can move around and walk and... So art was that for me. I could take what I'm thinking and put it on a piece of paper, and it makes sense to me. So, I think that That's em- cool. yeah, that embrace that that embrace of you know even those hobbies probably mm-hmm. connected with the sport too, mm-hmm.
0: basketball. You know, opened my mind. Right. So at, w- at what point in time did you? pick up the basketball like when was this what age were you what were you going through? (laughs) that you just say I want
1: to play ball when I was uh I I didn't pick up a ball my dad introduced me to the game when I was about four or five years old Mm. and he took me out to the court with him and he would just make me work on basic stuff pick and roll set a screen cut to the basket hard I didn't know what he was doing but Mm. it was just he was basically making me a pro as a baby Mm. so I never really you know the first two years I played, I didn't really dribble the ball that much because he only taught defense. Mm-hmm. He didn't teach me anything else. So I, because I, he said, "You're the smallest player on the court. They're gonna, they're not gonna pick you mm-hmm. unless you can guard everybody." Right. So if forget about scoring, if you get three steals a game, then you're gonna be the first person picked because mm-hmm. you're gonna be the person that can guard their best person. Right. Even if you get shipped, they know you're on. So mm-hmm. that mentality was instilled in me. So by the time I was able, he gave me the ball to do something with it. He showed me different things, different tools and mechanisms that would work. And, you know, gave me three specific goals. I won't tell you what they are. Mm, but That's the secret. Those three, <laughs> those three specific goals
0: created my game that you see today. Mm, yep. That's good, man. They say a magician never tells his tricks. So hmm. That's what's up, man. I like that. I like that. Okay. So um, so now you're playing a ball. You know, you, your dad introduced you. You got nice. And then you kind of just started you know, getting your name known in the street by Mm -hmm. just crossing people up and stuff like that? Well, I got my name, the name Bone Collector from New York in Record Park. Okay, Um, that was your first name? No, my original
1: nickname is on this side of my Mm
0: -hmm. neck, Speedy. Mm -hmm.
1: And it was given to me by my mother because I was fast, you know, Mm -hmm. just running. And then, so the the actual, you know, the technical nickname Bone Collector is actually a movie. Right. Denzel Denzel Washington uh, and Angelina Angelina. Jolie. Mm -hmm. So when I was in New York in 2001 a friend of mine uh, Dave Seals called me in the middle of the night because I had already been torturing Everybody making people fall and and all kinds So New York was buzzing, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't internet So it was actually the streets the internet is a big way to promote But the streets buzz is way different Like Mm -hmm. you go somewhere and they talking about you in the Bronx Mm -hmm. and you just played in, in Philly and it it done reached all the way to the Bronx. That means all that space in between. How did it get there? Right. You got to think about that. That's word of mouth is, is is a, is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I embraced that name. He you know he called me, and you know saying you know I think I, I got a great name for you, Bone Collector. And I was like it, it, it was corny to me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm like man I'm not you're not calling me that. Yeah. And he's like oh then I heard I was thinking about it because I the la- day before I just made somebody break their arm. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So <laughs> the next in the next day in the park, um, uh, Hannibal, EJ, the mayor, mm-hmm. Booby Smooth, they just start calling me um, Duke Tango. They just started calling me the Bone, the Bone, Bone, the Bone. Yeah. And from there, the name has just you know it just resonated. And what I'm very happy is, for now, is being that my past has been what what is called rough. Mm-hmm. That I'm getting the notoriety for the effort that I put in to change that that's what it means the most so kids know that hey you know they probably won't get a chance to you know interview or talk to Kyrie about his mechanisms of basketball mm-hmm. but they can talk to me yeah so in, in in hindsight you know that name itself is like you know it's bigger than the
0: actual person so right. and that's why I want to keep it that way that's awesome, man. That's a great story, man. Mm. So, um, but wait, you, you kind of zoomed past you making somebody break their arm. <laughs> I, 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 well, before you tell that story, what would, do you remember the first time you made somebody like fall, break their ankle, so to speak? Man, I've been doing that since I was.
1: You don't remember the five. first
0: time it happened? Nah, nah. It,
1: it just, I, I, you got to think about it. I've made someone fall every time I play mm. for the last 40 years, or excuse me. Let's see, I've been hooping for about over 20 some years. So, it's right. hard to remember everything. <laughs> well,
0: tell me about the arm-breaking incident. Oh, uh, well, I remember <laughs> that one. The um,
1: guy was hand-checking on the hip. Yeah. I put the ball, as his hand was out, I put the ball around his arm really fast so he could get his hands off my hip. And then okay. as soon as he took his hand off my hip, I threw it through his legs. Okay. And then since his arm was up, uh-huh. he turned and he put this arm down, but he was turned the other way. So, it snapped. Oh, yeah, and he broke it, and they, and they were like, you know, everybody was freaking out, like, hi this dude, this did he kick him, or? <laughs> I was like, man, you know, I don't I, like to, you know, give people threats, but it's
0: very dangerous to guard me if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen the video. It's crazy, like, I, like every now and then on Facebook, I see a video of you. Crossing Rocking somebody, somebody up, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, "Yo, son," I just start watching it. And just it just makes me reminisce of those days when I yeah. used to bootleg like, the N One tapes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know and, and it's even even more you know special to know that you've supported
1: it and it's still.
0: Yeah, going. man. What's with what's with N One? Do you know anything behind the brand as far as what they're doing to move that culture forward, or are they um, kind of just?
1: I don't know the ins and outs of what they're doing to move the culture forward, but they are doing some big things right now as we speak. With uh, uh, remodeling courts and setting up live events oh, uh, okay. I went to one recently with Kevin Garnett it was dope out in mm-hmm. and I'm L.A. late and not too far from here where they repainted the court uh, they gave us you know gave out gifts and KJ gave a nice little speech and I, I, I wish I was there um, uh, prior to his speech because I would have wanted to play the kids first and do that but mm-hmm. it was dope
0: though they're, they're pretty pretty much trying to revamp it that's okay. cool as hell, man. Yeah, they're actually, that you mentioned Kevin Garnett—that's yeah, my favorite basketball player nice. of all time. Oh, of all time. Everybody say Jordan and LeBron and Kobe. I mean, I love them too, but mm. it was just something about KG's game. He was just mad dominant, <laughs> and you know, not yeah. not like Shaq, but still, it was just something about KG. Man. Yeah, like he was a he was a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. So um. So what's so what's new with you as far as like beyond basketball, you know, because we know you you shake and bake on the court You do that all day, you know, but are you expanding your your brand into different uh, yeah. avenues? Yep, I am working on a lot of different things. I just was featured on NBA
1: live mm-hmm. video game Congrats, um, man. I'm launching um, my new collab with my company lasso Mm-hmm. Uh, collaborative. Yeah. That's okay, that's I'm it right there. Right now. Uh-huh. Good stuff. Um signature line of shorts what I'm wearing right now. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, that's what's up. Yeah, um working on some shoe some shoe uh deals that are not solidified yet, but some some nice lucrative offers that are coming in for some from some big companies. I don't want to say any names to mm-hmm. sign signed nine disclosures. That's fine. Um I do personal training with NBA players. I just recently been working with James Harden, showing him a couple of things. Okay. on you know, some Just some moves, some intricate moves for the NBA Live video game.
0: Mm. And then
1: uh, I'll be training uh, some NBA guys this summer. So when I say expanding my brand, I am. And I'm making sure as I do it, um, I don't want to, you know, I like seamless camaraderie. So Mm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. Business is a tough world. I don't think that people know that. Mm. Business is, it's no emotion involved in it. And when there is emotion, business gets, you know, shaky. Mm. So. Being that I am a, a young african-american man, and I didn't learn the the necessities of money and finances And what I should do at the at a young age mm-hmm. This is a good time for me to be dealing with this stuff now Because I know exactly what I need to do and what I shouldn't do and right. you know the brand is growing You know
0: I got you know support all over the world now. That's great, man. Well, how do you feel about that the fact that they don't teach us finance and business, you know, at an earlier age, like in our school system and stuff Uh, like that. I just think it's a part of the program, to be honest. You know,
1: a lot of things I won't say on camera when Mm -hmm. it comes to that, but I think that once you realize that you are involved in a program that is depriving you of information, it's your job to search for it. Right, that makes sense. That makes sense, and and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, and then the bumps in the road, which unfortunately you don't want to have to go through, you're gonna have to. Mm -hmm. Until you, it takes people like us to, or, or not just us, but more people that are a little up in age, a little older, a little you know, more knowledgeable about that, mm-hmm. to enlighten them like
0: what we're doing now. Right, yeah. exactly. That makes sense. So um, is there any possibility you might have opportunity to play in the NBA in the, in mm, the near There's future? always
1: an opportunity. Yeah. I
0: mean, okay. th- how is it? Like, do you sign up for
1: tryouts or they got to um, call you and pick for you? I, I train NBA players, so I'm not allowed to discuss the, the process of how they go about doing it, but mm-hmm. everything's always uh, opportunity driven, so to speak. So mm-hmm. there's always G League trials. there's always Summer League, there's always overseas, there's always a lot of different avenues to get to the league, and I'm going to keep myself in all of those avenues until I get there. And I'm not, my thing is, um, getting to the NBA is a mentality. Okay. So. Really, if you're in there or out of there, if Iverson is in the NBA or out of the NBA, does it change the fact that he's Iverson? No. Oh. So that mentality is what I practice every day.
0: I'm already there. Mm. Hey, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So definitely, that's great, man. Nah, that's, that's great, man. Now, let me, let me ask you a personal question. Did you did you mean to lose weight? Because it's crazy. Like, when I first saw you, you uh, kind of caught like yeah. a pistol. You know oh, yeah. I saw you yesterday, and I was like, wow, he, he lost well, weight. Well,
1: I had to trim down to... I'm 40, so I had to trim mm. down to compete on the highest level I can against mm. them. The athletes are changing to, you know, they're, they're, everybody's flying around athletic yeah. and jumping and running around, and I'm, I'm personal when it comes to basketball, and I don't believe my man should score. Mm. You know, even if he does score, it should be tough, you right. know? So, I, with the excess weight, kept me from doing playing how I wanted to play on defense, mm. so I lost weight to a lot of people down, really. So I can okay. always be in front of them because obviously on offense there's nothing. If anybody guards me, I personally know that they're gonna get tortured. Right.
0: So I use that energy for defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. And, and how was that process? You know, because I'm not gonna lie, I struggle with losing weight. So mm. what did you do? Did you just like run all the time? Did you stop lifting um, weights? Like, well, I I play basketball four times
1: a day. Mm. I work out three times a day. In mm-hmm. a mix of all of that, um, I eat healthy. Um. And to be honest, the easiest way for me to lose weight—the easiest way I lost weight—is I would fast in the morning, and then I would use my fuel in something as simple as you know, just a scoop of like coconut oil for mm-hmm. breakfast. Boom! And now your body learns to pull from other areas instead of what's in it already. What you're putting in it—it it worked for me. Not sure if it'll work for everyone, but. You know, it's a work in progress. Actually, you you, right. you have to. One thing about losing weight or changing your body is once you change it, you have to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So the hard part is not losing weight; it's keeping it off. You've probably went up and down weight for your whole life. Right. That's what. Yeah. That's how weight is. It, it's never going to be one way. So I figured let's be on the other side of that. Instead of me being, I you know I went to I got incarcerated a while back. So mm-hmm. when I came home, I was two twenty five. I was all big. I was still dangerous, but I wasn't agile as I should be. Right. So I'm just maximizing my athleticism and, you know, those little
0: tweaks and not eating after nine is always good, too. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the part I struggle with. because I sleep late. I go to bed like two in the morning. So, yeah. you know, you get once one o'clock hit, I'm like, damn, son, Every you? And now Man. they're making it
1: easy for you to get food with all these different Postmates. Apps.
0: Oh, my yeah. God. I, I just ordered some shit from there last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, but you know, but it's like you said, it's a work in progress, my yeah. brother. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, do you see, like, and you also mentioned, you know, you, you, you like music back in the day and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and you get into art when you start playing ball, but do you foresee yourself getting into music, like, seriously? Why? Because, um, I mean, you're obviously not going to stop balling, so that will be yeah, um, secondary.
1: I always let God, you know, lay it out for me. I'm good at everything, I believe, so if it's laid out for me. I can walk in any area. So when you say taking the music industri- industry serious, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Depending on, you know, what avenue. I like to take a realistic approach. I don't want to say, hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll do this, that, and third. And music, no, music is a little bit. That's a big market. Mm-hmm. So to take it serious, that's a, that's a, it's a stretch to take it serious. That means mixtapes, albums, blah, blah, blah. Shows. Yeah, shows. I mean, you can anybody can put a beat on, and you know say some nice things, but can you carry a crowd? Can you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, do those things? So, who knows? I've been
0: able to do it on the court, basketball court. Who knows? I might be able to do it off the court. All right. well, you know, I wish you much success with that if that time sure. ever comes, man. Tell me, where do you see yourself in five years? Hmm, where do I see myself in five years? I see myself trying my best to get rid of this homeless problem in Los Angeles in five mm-hmm. years. Okay. That's good, man. Is that, I mean, why is that, why does that mean
1: so much to you? Um, because, you know, I had the privilege of, you know, knowing and getting close to some people that were in those situations. And some of those guys are my best friends. I've went down there with a couple of families, ate, try to get them out of that situation. Um, seeing that they have been neglected and put in their own community, Uh, what is called misfits so to speak Mm -hmm. and the services that are allowed for them to succeed are a little I would assume I don't want to say bad but I want to say not uh, conducive to their situation Mm -hmm. I think that things can be done different I'm just going to go about my approach on how I could and and it's everything is in and in your eyes it's in your right in your face you know Mm -hmm. Staples Center's there Skid Row's there Right. You can see both differences, so I think that there's, there has to be middle ground. So mm-hmm. in five years, I hope I can do something with, with whatever influence I have to, you know, fix that problem. You mm-hmm. know, starting with, you know, opening up facilities. I'm pretty sure there's always there's always facilities down there, but where they have to go in and complete courses to have residents. You know, they don't have to pay for residents. You have to complete rehab or complete certain you know aspects of Curriculum too, just so they're always you know doing something opposite of what they've been used to. Right,
0: right, right. So five is what I'm. I want to do. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I noticed the problem in the home, especially this area. You know, I try my best. You know, give them food. I gave them a bunch of clothes I don't use. Just you yeah. know, I mean, just cause. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, yeah, it felt good, but it's like, damn, is it really helping them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they underneath the highway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not. And
1: you know, that's the hard thing for me is. Um appreciation of um, a, a person or people has dropped, so mm-hmm. there's a void for appreciation you know if you're not popular, then people will feel like they're not worth much so i don't I don't think that's a good philosophy for kids to follow, so I'm gonna do my best to you know burn that that mindset away,
0: yeah, I think uh yeah, I noticed that especially out here, man uh, do you think social media plays a part in that with people having like, so many followers that in someone's mind, it kind of, like, they're at a bigger status. Yeah. Um,
1: I I would say social media obviously does that. It it creates separation. Um, You know, in some cases, you have, you know, um, kids who are, you know, really non, or, or I would say not involved in the sport as much. They may like the sport. But they're not you know die-hard athletes Mm -hmm. they're just fans right and because they have the ability to get online and say things about you from afar not me in particular but you Mm -hmm. know whoever um, from afar it creates distance Mm -hmm. between the connection between people and if especially if it's negative quotes Mm So you get, you know, someone in Wisconsin and someone in Maine or in in New York or someone in Seattle and someone in, in, you know, Chicago, they don't even know each other, but they're able to verbally have a jousting match Mm -hmm. between each other. That creates negative energy. And that's, if it's it's everywhere, then the problem is real. Mm -hmm. You know, so you get what things like cyberbullying and bullying is at an all time high in the world we're living in. So those things affect. Those things affect the world we live in. So, as an influencer, you know you have a million people watching you do it, do things. You need to be on your P's and Q's. Number one, and you need to recondition
0: the situation. And that's what I try to do with my my channels. That's good, man. Yeah, cyberbullying. I, I notice it is at an all-time high because I guess more people have access to you, and then mm-hmm. if your skin ain't thick, yeah, you know. it's gonna bother you. Mhm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, man. So, t- uh, what was the, so back back to the basketball stuff, you know, I feel like the conversation kind of took a toll, kind of got a little sad. <laughs> yeah, a little sad. Let's pep it up. I know, right? So, t- tell me, what was the toughest person you played against? Allen Iverson. Yeah? Yeah. Why, why, why is
1: that? Um, He was Allen Iverson. Okay. Oh, so he was already the Yeah, this is name. 2001.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. This is after he crossed Jordan up. Yeah, it was after that. Mm-hmm. Iverson. Um, there's a few
1: all NBA guys: Gilbert Arenas, Kobe, all those guys, tough players. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been crossed up? My dad used to do it all the time.
0: That's that's the only person.
1: No, that... I mean, I, I can't. I, there's no move I'm gonna go for, so it's impossible for me.
0: To, I believe to get crossed up. Mm-hmm. Crossed up meaning
1: how I do other people?
0: Nah, because I don't foresee that happening either. But just you know, got caught reaching. And... Oh,
1: you're always gonna get. I mean, basketball is a game of. Do you play in defense you should be getting crossed over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You should be. Okay. Yeah. So on that note, I mean, you should always, you know, you put yourself in positions to get crossed over. I learned from Muggsy Bogues. If someone raises the ball up and they cross it over, once the ball goes this way, it's a secret. Once it goes this way, it can't don't need to go down. That's when you can put your hand on the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: want to get crossed actually. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it goes, you got it. So Remember when Iverson's crossover was real deadly, people started picking that crossover. Yeah. They wait for it to come here and reach around your body. Mm-hmm. I you know, I chose to take my mechanisms and switch that, where if you think you're going to reach across my body, I'm going to the ball through your legs or
0: somewhere you didn't even know where it was at. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. when we were on set yesterday and you threw the ball through my legs, I had somebody <laughs> filming that, and I posted it, <laughs> and... People do not believe I was acting, and they're like, oh, my God, man, no, you got crossed at, up. I was acting <laughs> yesterday. It was a scene. You see, I didn't get crossed up. I could play some ball, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but you're very talented, my brother. I That's appreciate also, man. that. Uh, man, so, w- what was that for yesterday? Because we were on set together. We were working. You were yeah. acting. which b- Good job, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, that
1: was a sh- new show out. Uh, I'll stand in non-disclosure, but as soon as we shot the first episode, it is called Starized. Mm. Excuse me. Starazzi. Yeah. Um, And the show is basically... The premise is... Can you be the paparazzi for the paparazzi? Can you interview the interviewers? Can you haggle the hagglers? Mm. Can you... The guys that are trying to ruffle up your feathers can you ruffle their feathers they want to ask me questions about you know if i'm going to the league if i'm doing this you know you know i you know there's been situations i've been getting off planes out of cars they ask me all these questions and i always thought to myself well, I, well what if i well, let me ask you some questions mm-hmm. you know in order to get the question answered take the ball from me or mm-hmm. i'm not answering it and you see what Yeah. yeah. That's so stuff, it was a nice, nice premise, and it brings a lot of light to things that the society in a whole is probably seeing but not embracing. The fact that paparazzi has—I ru- I, want to literally say—ruined a lot of our the, the, the most popular stars mm. of my our generation it changed their lives. Yeah. So, imagine if Michael Jackson had no paparazzi.
0: Hmm.
1: You yeah. know, yeah, I hear that. You know, certain things, you know, just to bring that light to it is what the show is about. Yeah, so. I
0: think I think the intentions behind the paparazzi person is what makes it good and bad. Because you got some people who just on the red carpet taking pictures, posting it, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But the ones that try to catch you doing something bad and sell it to the tabloid, the TMC or whatever, well, that's the ones that you got to look out for. <laughs> cause, you know, that's some water right there yeah. if you want it. Yeah. But um yeah you yeah, know I think the intentions behind the the photographer whoever's behind that camera is what makes or break the paparazzi in a good or yeah. bad light I would agree you know what I'm saying have you ever thought about taking acting seriously no nah why not
1: I don't know I just never tried I will yeah. I, i'm I'm am i I'm a big seasonal person I, mm. I don't put things out according to the times you know with that clock that we live under I don't think is right
0: Mmm,
1: <laughs> so okay. I keep myself at an even pace. So I'm never too fast or too slow I'm always trying to quote-unquote win. Mm. I don't think it's winning I just think it's consistency. You just want to keep yourself I'm good at what I'm doing and I always will be because I wake up like an animal for it mm. and it's not regular for me. You know, I don't feel tired. I don't feel restless I don't I wake up like a machine it's time to go torture and then I go back to sleep shut down put my body on the charger wake up and do it again yeah. so you know in a nutshell
0: now that's what's up man you yeah. know cuz I actually came out here to pursue acting like I told you before and uh I noticed that it, like it's just it's like the backyard like Hollywood is like your backyard so the yeah. opportunities there but when I speak to people who are locals it's like a lot of them either they're in it a hundred percent or they're not in it at all, at all. and I'm like Well, I mean, it's it's right there, the opportunity's there. Like, why not give it a shot, but, you know. Well, the thing is, if the opportunity's there, obviously, but you're in
1: Hollywood. Everyone, people probably walking around down there right now with scripts, reading them, sitting in coffee shops, trying to get noticed, and so on and so forth. So it's a a big pool. So Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, I can act because I'm just being myself.
0: I, I didn't even think about that. I might want to go into that. Thank you. Appreciate hey, my brother. Hey, that's what I'm here to do, man. You know, I just broke the new... You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, I'm on my way to acting school. Hey. Mm-hmm. Now I say, nah, I believe anybody could do it because, you know, I did some independent films in Florida, but when I came here, I <clears> see how structured I really was and it kind of like made me level up. But like you said, it is easy because you'd be yourself. Even if you're playing a different character, you're playing that character as, as yourself, yourself because it's like... It's what you bring to it that mm-hmm. makes it shine. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it the, the hardest thing for me was just learning the lines. You know, I was already confident. I didn't mind being around people, in front of people, yeah. in front of the camera. You know what I mean? So and I just had lines. to learn my lines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. know who I was playing and become one with that character. Yeah. that was it. Yep. So that's that's really all you need. But with your look, you know, you probably get typecasted. So you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Probably. It's,
1: you know, you can, you can play that role all day. All you, day. Yeah. Well... You know, one thing about it is, I believe that there's always, a, you know, that's that's the challenge of each man and woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Push yourself to, you know, see if you can step into different avenues and give it your all. So, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try to do that. appreciate it. Yeah,
0: man. And off camera, I'll give you some websites that I'm a member of that yeah. send you opportunities based on your... The, the, yeah, the, the, not demographic, but the the criteria you fit, you know, oh. you're five six, tatted up, skinny, yeah, yeah. Dread, braids, whatever, and then yeah. you just put that down. They send you opportunities of people looking for that. Gotcha. Oh yeah. Oh man. that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that's yeah. that's what I came did here. Once I found that information is like ten top website, I joined all of them. Mm. You know what I'm Had saying? To. Had to, man, because yeah. this is what I do full time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not. <clears throat> I did the nine to five, I worked sales for ten years straight. Oh, I some bread. Met my girl. She doing her thing, so we came out here together and making yeah. it happen. There you go. So, you know, it failure ain't an option for me. You know what I'm saying? Sure it ain't for you as oh, well. No, no, no,
1: no. You gotta keep pushing.
0: No doubt, man, no doubt. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean I I, I don't think I have any more questions, man. I just mm. I just think uh, you know, I wish you much success in what you're doing. It was a pleasure that I met you. Thank Keith. you. Breaking those motherfucking ankles because we <laughs> are course. enjoying it. Of you know course. what I'm saying, and I uh, I look forward to working with you in the near future. And it, whether course. it's helping with the homeless or helping you find some acting opportunities yeah. or whatever, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, I
1: appreciate that. And one thing I want to say also, thank you for having me mm-hmm. on the show. And um, you know, one thing I want the kids to know from just listening to this, if you don't take anything from this, remember that if you let God lead your life. You don't have to take the worst steps. He's gonna show you the bad ones and the good ones and then you'll be able to determine it too. This it happened in my life, not sure if everybody can relate to that, but just food for thought. You know, let God let God lead you. And sometimes things will open up for
0: you that you never thought. I agree. It worked for me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. The bone collector in the building. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. It ain't cut, I got him. <laughs> hey, look at that! You're a comedian now. That's you're gonna yeah. get you on some comedic movies. I didn't think about that. I could do acting shit too. I'm telling you, bro. And it's, they pay bread. They pay that bread. You know what I'm saying? And once you get into the union, oh my.